Hi, welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. We are reviewing Black Adam, the new DC Comics, DC Extended Universe superhero movie starring obviously Dwayne The Rock Johnson as the titular Black Adam, or as he's originally known, Teth or Tet, Teth, Tet, Tet Adam. Um, before, I, before I get cracking on this, I am not a deep aficionado of the DC Extended Universe. Um, I think DC Comics were my preferred comics, actually, when I was a child, though I dovetailed between Marvel and, and DC all the time. And it's, look, the whole superhero franchise thing, it's a broad church. And I think as we've learned to our sort of error and chagrin, um, you know, one can like bits and bobs of both sides of the equation. But I think it's fair to say that in the press and in the, in the uh, sort of trade mags and in the industry, there's a sense that Perhaps Warner Brothers and DC is in a bit, of, is on the back foot a little bit. I personally think that all superheroes are on the back foot a bit. I don't think Marvel's particularly firing on all cylinders. I think a lot of hope is being um, sort of invested in uh, the the sequel to uh, Black Panther, um, and I think that the DC Extended Universe, you know, we've got Flash on the horizon. I think there was a high point, though not necessarily the highest point at the box office with the Batman. And I personally, I just wonder whether the market for what I call light, frilly, surface level kind of superhero conflict in the old fashioned way, which is like lots of fights, lots of explosions, you know, villains wanted to control the world and all that kind of stuff. Whether the market for that is starting to wane uh, for the kind of, you know, the macro kind of. Uh, fights and superhero battles and actually there's possibly a preference in film lovers for the micro or the interior and all that kind of stuff it's something we've often felt you know why does everything have to explode uh, why can't things implode in a sense so um so Black Adam, what is Black Adam? Black Adam is essentially uh, an origin story. This has been a pet project for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, he says since he was a boy, since since he was a young man, when he first saw Black Adam uh, the uh, as a comic. So essentially this is set in what what feels like a sort of Egypt. This, it's a sort of fictional Egypt. It's the, it's the city or the land or the empire of Kandak. Uh, and essentially Black Adam is a was a former slave who kind of... Um, try to kind of rebel and, uh, you know, sort of step outside his caste or class, uh, wanted to kind of almost free the people and all that kind of stuff, and was essentially punished for this uh, and was imprisoned. He was essentially imprisoned by the gods and, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, for me, all this kind of stuff is kind of the least kind of interesting part of superheroes. So, you know, if I, it, we essentially have a, a, a man or a superhero or a, or a being, a sort of deity type figure who's been ensnared and trapped. Um, and, uh, and, and this is the weird thing about this. Because Black Adam, as you'll know from the kind of lightning bolt, I think he used to be an antagonist uh, to Shazam, uh, which is, you know, another film in the DC Extended Universe. And Shazam is very much a sort of silly, uh, silly film. And, you know, even the word Shazam is a bit silly, isn't it? And, and this film, his strength and his coming into being and all this kind of stuff also pivots around saying the word Shazam. And I don't know if I'm being an old stick in the mud, but I like comedy and I like silliness in, in superheroes. But the heft of the word Shazam doesn't feel... Almost doesn't feel weighty enough, actually, for um for, for Black Adam. Anyway, so this film starts. I, I like let me let me give you it straight. I really liked the first forty minutes to an hour of this film. I thought it was really refreshing to get a film that parked itself quite clearly in a sort of pseudo-Middle Eastern or generic Middle Eastern kind of location. There was p politics in this. They were talking about imperial oppressors. They were talking about the idea that mercenaries now run this kind of, you know, essentially, let's let's call it this sort of 
Arabic civilization or Arabic country. Uh, clearly parallels being drawn there with perhaps Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, Syria, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but also, even when we have the Justice Society, which I'll explain who they are in a minute, but they're the sort of, they're like the Justice League, they're kind of united nations of goodies, good good superheroes who are there to kind of manage the kind of, you know, the, the behaviour of cities and make sure evil doesn't happen and just keep the order and law and order and all that kind of stuff. But as they've rightly said at one point in this film, it's all right, you pick and choose your law and order. And for me, the most interesting aspect of Black Adam, and I was surprised to find this in the film, was that in a sense, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Black Adam is a Middle Eastern freedom fighter. And I was flabbergasted by this, because this is just not not necessarily a narrative you get. And, and in a weird way, what this film kind of talks about a little bit is how, because Black Adam is, is he a villain? Is he a hero? Do heroes kill? All this kind of stuff kind of it gets kicked up in the air in this film. Um, you know, in a sense, this film kind of tickles at the edges of that idea which we've talked about before, which is one person's freedom fighter is another person's enemy. And so whilst Black Adam could be seen as morally corrupt, he doesn't value life, he's into torturing, essentially. He doesn't mind kind of throwing people around and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't care how he gets the information he needs. At the same time, at the same time, he's also potentially the liberator of a society that feels oppressed, taken advantage of, and essentially feels like it's a battlefield for imperial interests to, uh, you know, wreak havoc within. Um, and that, you know, and I thought, well, they're going to touch upon that and they're going to leave it, but they didn't. They touched upon it and they kept it. They, I, I liked that. I thought this film actually surprisingly needs to be kind of championed for the fact that it wasn't afraid to actually go for quite a, I don't, quite a provocative and progressive kind of political statement on global imperialism by Americans. Wow. Um, and as I say, this is the origin. So, so, so they're in a cave and they're going through the rocks and they're kind of looking for this crown and she's an archaeologist of sorts and they find the crown and it's made of this amazing kind of green material. Um, and, you know, a classic kind of superhero story evolves in which Black Adam is essentially called from his slumber. He's, he's, he's drawn from his, his imprisonment uh, by the gods. Uh, and then he kind of is back in this modern world. And, and, you know, really, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, what do you think of him? Are you a fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I think he... He's got great comedy bones, and I know that he's coming for a bit of stick with this film, sort of saying he's played it safe and all that kind of stuff. His character doesn't say a lot, and uh, there's a lot of fights. But I thought his kind of, his disorientation and his kind of confusion as to the way in which the world had evolved and moved, and his trying to get to grips with what are these strange moral codes that, you know, these humans live by, and, and why can't I just kill him? And then and then you've got this wonderful young boy on a skateboard, you know, brilliant. He's almost like Marty McFly from Back to the Future, but in, in the Middle East. Um, and he's kind of guiding Black Adam as to, you've got to have a catchphrase before you kill and all this kind of stuff. So there's, there's a bit of riffing and joking about superheroes and all that kind of stuff. Wonderful detail is the fact that this boy, this boy on the skateboard around whose family the whole story pivots it pivots around really this boy and his mum uh, and their whole story um and uh, you know his bedroom what's really funny is his bedroom is a shrine to every single dc comics character aquaman batman superman all that kind of stuff and there's a wonderful fight scene in this where in slow-mo you see black adam's fist and sort of damage happen to various kind of you know action figures and posters and all that kind of stuff so i, I thought there were great moments in it in it like that Unfortunately, it kind of moved from... I thought this film was its richest when you were sort of... You were kind of rooting for um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson to kind of make connections and understand his role here. Where I felt this film started to sort of creak and begin to fall apart was with the Justice Society. And the Justice Society are this bunch of four people, um, curious, curious characters, um, you know, they who who are essentially like the Justice League. They've got Pierce Brosnan in there. I thought Pierce Brosnan was very good, actually, as Dr. Fate. You've got Atom Smasher, who's like the reverse of Ant-Man. He just seems to go really big. You've got Cyclone, who's really good. And you've got Hawkman. Um, and yeah, you know, spaceships, 
in a kind of big mansion, spaceship comes out of the Earth, they've been sent in a bit like the United Nations, kind of, you know, say to control... They want to control Black Adam. They they want to say to Black Adam, for fuck's sake, mate, you're naughty. You can't go around the world meeting out your own justice. You can't be a vigilante and all this kind of bollocks. And as I say, that's where it kind of got interesting because, of course, he, he's saying, and the boy with the skateboard and his mum are saying, well, hang on, he's our freedom fighter and he's our true leader and he represents us. And you're coming in here and saying, oh, no, no, you've got to be kind of, you've got to behave in an American way. Actually, maybe the American way doesn't suit our way here. And I thought, again, all of that was really rich. And so, in a sense, this film then starts to sag under the weight of becoming a kind of, you know, we have then these villains, we have these these other villains who are the people trying to get the crown made of this material that's so superpower, it has all sorts of superpowers to it. Um, you know, at one point, uh, the Justice Society uh, have to kind of put Dwayne The Rock Johnson back into kind of imprisonment, they have to lock him down and, and, and put him away because he's too uncontrollable and he's too, he's too unpredictable and he, he's too irrational and all those kind of things. And then suddenly we have this evil guy who was originally trying to kind of get the crown at the beginning, you know, you had these they were a little bit like the characters from Raiders of the Lost Ark who had ulterior motives for you know the, the for the for the treasure for the for the for the for the archaeological finds that they're after and he you know this guy this evil guy wants power he wants to put the crown on him wants to become you know the devil king of the the underworld and he wants to rule this city by sort of evilness and hell and and so then they have to recall Black Adam and and so I found the whole Justice Society thing was a bit for me I was never a fan of the X Men I was never a fan of all that kind of it was all a bit plasticky it was all a bit it's all a bit rubbishy for me. I don't know. It's a bit obvious and a bit embarrassing and a bit cringe. Uh, and I found, I have to confess, I found the Justice Society a bit cringe. I found the, you know, Hawk, Hawk Man with his kind of, with his sort of silly, silly sort of ears and wings and all that kind of stuff. I found that kind of frustrating. Um, and, you know, and, 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 you know, Pierce Brosnan was funny. He was good. He was droll. He was, he had a few kind of really nice sort of, you know, sarcastic lines. But his kind of, he was a bit like Xavier, is it, from, from the, he, he kind of saw into the future. There's quite a philosophical moment where he sort of says he sees into the future and he doesn't see anything. And it's a liberty, you know, this idea, I mean, it does toy with the idea of, well, God, it must be fucking awful if all you can see is what's going to happen all the fucking time. And so you feel for Pierce Brosnan at the point that he thinks, oh, maybe I won't have to see everything all the time and, you know, won't give away what, what happens there. And so we watch Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's the arc of him slowly being pulled into line, slowly coming to terms with what the kind of moral compasses of this weird world planet is, uh, are. Um, we have, but things just get, things just start to explode and be blown up. And then we have this really good looking villain reminded me of the the devil tim curry's devil from legend that ridley scott film and again i just felt that you know these films when they get a good sort of well rendered villain with horns and red it just became action scenes whereas i could have done with a couple of scenes of him scheming or you know a malevolent sort of a smaller scene where he's talking about what he wants to do and how he wants to conquer the world rather than it all being explosions and all this kind of stuff and then of course one of the major sort of plot developments in the film pivots around the fact that they fucking read the rooms upside down i love that simple mistake stupid mistake Dwayne The Rock Johnson gives us lots and well, he gives us very few lines. If you were to kind of actually add all of his lines of dialogue onto pieces of paper, you'd probably have two sides of A4. He he exudes comedy bones. He's got a great way of just looking and, and not saying much, but saying so much. Uh, I love him. I just want to stroke and polish his head all the time. And then I really would like to polish his biceps, not for any other reason other than, wow, what biceps. Curious moments in here where there is a CGI version of Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, with not a buff body, with a normal body. Nothing has looked stranger than Dwayne The Rock Johnson's head on a normal body. I mean, it's not right. It's not right, and it must never be done again. Um, 
And so we kind of build and build and build and build. And really, this is all one. This film is one big prelude to establishing Black Adam. And I won't give away the tea that, you know, there's a mid credit sequence. Lots of people talking about it. There's there's a big superhero potential get together here. You know, if it happens, wow, it could be big. But you kind of you're left wondering, why didn't they start? Why didn't they start the Black Adam story at the cinema with the story they're suggesting at the end of this film? Because perhaps that would have been bigger, would have been better. Um, I think this film ultimately creaked under the fact that there wasn't an obvious enemy. And I think this film would have been stronger if perhaps they'd done a little bit more work on making Black Adam's worst enemy being himself. I think... Yes, he was struggling to get to terms with what the rules were. Yes, he was fighting against the Justice Society who were trying to kind of, in a sense, rein him in and control him and slap his wrists and tell him he's a naughty boy. But I felt he could have had more of an internal struggle, an internal kind of squabble, if you like, with himself about what it means to be sort of driven by killing. Because uh, he says, you know, at one point they say, you know, you're not supposed to kill. And he says, I do. And it's a very funny moment. And so I think there could have been a bit more kind of interior kind of struggle. I mean, I'm always, but that's me. I mean, I know a lot of comic, comic, comic book fans want the action, want the smash and grab and all that kind of stuff. But for me, I like the action. But I just think it could be tempered with a little bit more of that kind of more subtle kind of interior kind of struggle for... Um, for the superhero so that said didn't like the justice society side of it though there were a few moments that were fun um some characters die that you don't expect to die that's rather nice uh, i thought the uh, isis who's the mother of the son i thought the mother's brother so the uncle he's funny he's funny could have been funnier but he, he was funny um and you know yeah the kind of supporting cast were kind of all right i mean a lot of people are saying that noah centineo who played atom smasher was fun he was okay funniest moment was when he turned up to a great big kind of crunch moment with the villain and he's kind of well no no with black adam and he's got a box of kfc kind of nice kind of funny uh liked as i say pierce brosnan avails himself very well but you are i was left at the end of this thinking okay this is entertaining and it's fine but why why not why didn't they start as of, without giving it away, why didn't they start the Black Adam story in the cinema with the film that they're very much suggesting at the end of this film? And why didn't they make more of Black Adam's struggle himself with evil and good and, and that whole kind of thing? I think, in a sense, they should have done away with the obvious villain in this film and made Black Adam his own villain. You know, we should have just interrogated that more. I, I think it was real. But that said, it's getting absolutely hammered by the critics. Absolutely hammered. And I have to say, I think the first 45 minutes to an hour are totally, totally acceptable and agreeable. I think you'll have great fun if you take the kids to see it. It's it's, it's funny, it's entertaining, it's smash them up, it's superhero, it's silly. Uh, but it's also kind of like, you know, it's quite exciting. So, you know, I, I think the critics are being overly harsh when there have been much worse superhero films made in recent years. I mean, I'm not going to... I know a lot of you are fans of Doctor Strange. I was not a fan of the recent Doctor Strange. It was a mess. And I think, you know, this is this is very conventional comic, superhero comic book stuff. And I do think that we are possibly, after the Flash film next year, we could well end up seeing the end of this kind of stuff. I think it's going to have to turn inwards and go darker, even if they're dealing with things like, I don't know, Superman, Batman, whatever. Uh, I, I just wonder whether it needs to go darker. Um, but I tell you what, I was so spectacularly pleased to see this dealing with some tricky uh, sort of global politics, uh, cultural politics. I thought that was really good. If I was to give it a score, it's a hard one. Rotten Tomatoes at the moment is 44. For the kind of film it is, I think that's a bit too harsh. I would give this 60 out of 100. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.